0: Welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix 128th film. It's the 2018 Mexican drama Roma, directed and written by Alfonso Curano and it stars Yalitza Aparicio and Marina del Tavria. I am Jesse, and I am your host for today. Thank you for joining me, and I am very, very excited to discuss Roma, which um, a couple of years ago was quite a big contender in a lot of uh, award ceremonies and the like. Now, this is going to be a spoiler-filled episode, so if you have not seen Roma, and you are interested in checking this film out, please do um, give this a pause hold off and then come back later because I'm gonna get straight into it where I go through my fast flicks, which is a quick little summary of the film. So for Roma, this is the story of a family and their servant making their way through 1970s Mexico. And that's the simplest way I could possibly put it because there is so much more to this film than that. Um, and I will kick off with some of the information that that you can learn or hear about um, Roma online through documentaries and and so forth before um, getting into this film. So, Roma, I guess to start off with, is it's a neighborhood in Mexico City, and, and this is where a majority of the film takes place. It is semi autobiographical um, on and it's a, a take on um, Alfonso's uh, Alfonso Cuarón's upbringing, um, and he credits. Um, In the credits as well as in lots of commentary on this film that um his family had a servant called lebo um and and he spent lots of time with her discussing their life her life her upbringing to to sort of bring back his memories about this film and and i will talk a bit later about this but this film is about memories um there and then you know there's just so many different technical aspects to this film that are just so incredible um and I guess one of the the primary reasons that this was released on Netflix was because foreign language films don't usually get great distribution. And by releasing it on that net, on Netflix, Alfonso Cuarón he knew that Roma would potentially play to its widest audience, and the most amount of people possible would be able to see this film. Um, he shot this chronologically in one hundred and two days. And and just some like you know seventy to eighty percent of the furniture that that's in this home in this film he, he gathered from his family around Mexico this this film is very very personal um to him and um I guess you know the there's hospital scenes where they used real doctors and nurses and there's um you know scenes where, you know there's the scene where Cleo who is the the servant of the house, she turns off the lights and it's got 45 different camera positions. Just this incredible feat of filmmaking um, is to be seen in this film. So if you haven't seen it yet, I hope that you do take that opportunity because this was um, the first foreign language film to win the Academy Award for Best Director. Um, And critically wise, and I guess award wise, this had 245 wins across award ceremonies across the world, as well as another 212 nominations. That That, that is huge. That is massively that is the biggest we've seen on one of these Netflix original films. I mean, highlights included 10 Academy Award nominations. It, it, like I mentioned, it won for Best Foreign Language Film of the Year, Best Achievement in Directing, and Best Achievement in Cinematography. It also won two Golden Globes for Best Director and Best Foreign Language Motion Picture as well. So massive massive um ups for this film and and checking this one out i think um reportedly netflix spent 25 million dollars on the campaign just for the oscar campaign for roma which was more than the actual budget for the film itself which was only 15 million dollars and and i can you know account for this myself when i was in america in 2018 the LAX, the the main airport in in Los Angeles, there were were posters and banners for Roma all throughout the airport. So a lot of money was spent um, to promote this film, to get it seen by as many people uh, as possible. A story about the making of this one, in 2016, when it was being filmed, the the crew was the target of a robbery. Um, According to the studio, two women were hit, Five crew members were hospitalised. Cell phones, wallets and jewellery were all stolen during the, the attack. And the, the crew reportedly arrived to set up filming for the day when a group of city workers approached the crew and tried to shut down filming. The crew stated they had the permission to film, but the workers persisted and this big brawl broke out between the groups. So a little bit of a, a scary situation for a lot of the crew and cast on this one. Um, this, I guess, is the the first and only Netflix film to receive a Criterion Collection release. And um, I do have a copy of this. It, it's a, a beautiful little set that comes with a little booklet. Um, it's a two-disc collection. It includes the, the Road to Roma doco, um, which you can also access on Netflix if you, you scroll through the film and, and look at the recommendations or the extras. It, it sits there on Netflix too. So if you don't have the Criterion c- Collection, you can check this one out um, as well. and. I highly recommend, um, purchasing this just to see some of the other things too. Cause like that booklet I mentioned, it's got, um, other special features. Um, like there's this snapshots from the set with these images. You've got these two little mini docos on the post-production process. And then there's this final one where it's called, uh, Roma brings us together and it's called the theatrical tour. And it talks about getting this into the cinemas across Mexico. Um, such a, such a good little, um, collection to have if, if you can find it on, um, Blu-ray or DVD and I guess while talking about this this doco Road to Roma it it's worth watching as well as this film it's it's a very intimate conversation with the director Caron Um, he talks about cinema being tied to loneliness and and this film and the process of remembering and memory and that's very much what this film is about to him Um, and he mentions you know he usually does heaps of research for his films and with this one he literally did none Um, he talks about not being able to find you know, the right tiles for this opening scene which we'll talk about later and then he, he finds these tiles and just open up these doorways of memories for him uh, just some other highlights he the actors he, he didn't give them a script um they didn't know what was happening next and um you know while they would block these scenes for the camera and do limited rehearsals so he didn't waste these good moments um i mean no two takes were the same and it did make it a lot harder for the the, the actors or the real actors in this film and i think that i will Spoiler alert again, but we'll talk about this scene later. There's this scene where Cleo um, is in the hospital and and to get the emotion and the, the deal from her, she didn't know that um, she was going to have a stillborn baby and, and just the, the trauma that, that could have caused for that actress as well. um Absolutely crazy. um. There's also, you know, he talks about this scene where his father leaves um, and he talked about how he was in such a foul mood filming the scene and, and having a really rough day and, and he realised, you know, this is the, the first time that he judged his father leaving him from the outside in and just these little magical moments that that connect well with this film um and and the relationship he had with the the kids off screen the the three kids that that play a part in this film and and, you know they pick up on little things about continuity They'd, they'd say oh you know you told us that you know dad's um left on friday but in this scene we've said something else and he's like you know good pickup thank you we'll fix that dialogue later so just a a nice little doco that that um, goes so well with this film if you do enjoy um, Roma as a film. Critical consensus. This, this one is very, 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 very positive, and this has got some of the biggest numbers that we've seen on any of our shows of a film being watched. The Rotten Tomatoes is the one we'll start with, 95%, and this is on 393 reviews. It's certified fresh. That's huge. Um, the audience on Rotten Tomatoes had it a little bit lower on 72%, and that's on over 5,000 reviews. I think the, the bigger numbers here are on IMDb and Letterboxd. On IMDb, it had 142,000 people that had rated it a 7.7 7 out of 10, so that's that's high. And then Letterboxd, it sits over four. It's on a 4.1, and these are the biggest numbers we've seen. 200,736 people had got onto Letterboxd to rate this film. That Those numbers are just out of control. Um, box office-wise, this one actually had a bit of a theatrical run. I think it took about $3 million at the US box office, probably the biggest release um, theatrically so far in the films that we've covered that Netflix had done. Um, it opened at the Venice Film Festival before, oh, and that was in August 2018, and this was before playing about 30 other festivals, having this limited run around the world, and then hit Netflix worldwide on the 14th of December, 2018. So all our lovely eyes could watch this film. My early thoughts, I think we need to start getting into the the crux of this film. And and I have seen this film uh, a few times before and it is some of the best camera work I've seen on screen. Um, On top of that, there's this emotional story that grips you. There's there's some scenes that are just so impactful that they will stay with you for a long time after watching this one. So my conversation around this film is gonna be pretty positive. I hope you're gonna stick with me for it because I am going to talk about some characters, some scenes that I liked and um, we'll head on from there characters. We, we, we start with Cleo. Um, Cleo is the main or there's no real main character in this film because the story does follow Cleo who is the, the housekeeper or the servant of this family house but it also follows a lot more than that. It follows the underlying story of, of the family and, and the breakdown of the husband and wife relationship and, and the children growing up as well as this overall context of what's going on in Mexico during the 1970s. So Cleo, you start with, is this person. She just wants to do such a good job. She's so hardworking. She cares for the kids that she's looking after. Um, she works alongside this another lady, I think it was Manita. Um, you know, and they, they have these little quarters above the house where they don't use the electricity because they don't want to spend too much money, even though we see the family downstairs, you know, extravagantly leaving all the lights on, and we, we see Cleo flicking all these off um, at times. And then she becomes pregnant, and this scares her because... She's worried she's going to lose her job. She's worried that this is going to be the end of her career in this in this fashion and, and working with this family that she obviously cares so much about. And the amount of horrible things that she experiences during this pregnancy. Um, you know, there's this earthquake when she's at the hospital for her first sort of um, appointment. And, you know, she still carries bags for these families when they go on vacation and goes out with other people and they offer her drinks. And like, you know, it's okay. You can still have a drink when you're pregnant. Um, and, you know, has a gun held to her head all in this this stage of being pregnant which are all very very traumatic um things for her to undertake and i guess that the the composite character that we see is Sophia, who is the 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 wife of antonio who spends a majority of the time in this house with the kids um and is quite distressed because a majority of this film she's she's been left um and she's very demanding of cleo she wants cleo to Do everything possible to please her husband Antonio, um, you know, clean his suits, even though he's never there. Um, you know, he lies to the family that he's on research trips in Canada and he's not paying money to support them and he doesn't call the kids. Um, and you know, this really upsets her. You hear, you hear these distant conversations in the background as, as an audience, we're watching Cleo do these things, and in the background, we can. We can hear her talking to the grandmother and and hearing her distress and, and making sure that she's protecting the children from from this horrible news that their their father's not going to be there and and I really did enjoy seeing Sophia you know getting over this and and having that the courageousness to sit there with the kids and explain to them Dad's not coming back but we are still going to be a family we are still going to do well we have Cleo here who loves us and I just really enjoyed that little arc as well. Um, I'll talk briefly about um Furman who is the guy who has a little bit of a love affair with Cleo. And this guy is literally just an asshole to the max. I mean, he he bails at the cinema when Cleo tells him that she's pregnant, when she tries again to tell him, you know, this is your child. His comment to her is that, I will beat the shit out of you and the little one if you come looking for me again. This is horrible. And then he calls her an a effing servant. Like, she is better off without him. But at that same time, as an audience, your heart breaks for her because you know that she just wants someone there to support her and be there with her rather than her taking on that role that she has to constantly do at home as well. Um, so this guy is a piece of trash. Um, and finally, I'll just briefly touch on the kids. Um, I think it's Sophie, Paco and Pepe. Um, and the grandma's in that house in that situation too. And, and Cleo has a good relationship with them all. Um, they they have different conversations and, and Paco talks about, you know, his what he wants to be when he grows up and he wants to be a pilot. He wants to be a sailor. He, he's open and, and has these discussions that we don't see him have with his mother. So that idea that, um, you know, that Cleo is that mother-like role figure in this household as well is really, really nice. The director, Alfonso Coran. So I think that this guy needs no introduction. I don't really need to say anything about him I'm hoping a lot of people have seen his two big um, English language films, which are Children of Men and Gravity. And, and Gravity um, obviously is a lot of Academy Award uh, um, recognition as well. Uh, and I think he won Best Director for that film as well. Time to talk about some scenes. Let's let's start talking about some things that, you know, and this is really hard for me because we start off with the things that, that stood out. And to me, this was really hard to break down things because this whole film, um, I just really, really enjoy the whole thing. I think that the opening scene is something that you just can't not talk about. And it's this scene of the credits rolling and there's these tiles on the floor. And as the credits play, this water runs. There's this scrubbing sound. You know, the water flows across the floor and there's this reflection and and the water's getting... There's more and more of it and the camera tilts and you watch this water go down the drain and it's just such amazing imagery that um, we'll talk a little bit about in the themes later. But this idea of the floor and water and the sky, these are all such um, important images in this film. The next thing, I, I mean, there's this scene where Antonio, the dad, comes home, this tight little garage space for the car, and you, you, you get this shot of him in the car. It's almost the most we see of him. He's, he's smoking his cigarette, he's elegant, there's this operatic music playing. He perfectly readjusts this car to park it in this tight space. And then later in the film, you get this exact scene again with the mother, Sophia, coming home, unable to park this car, smashing into the sides, hitting walls, really struggling. It just shows this this impact of him leaving um, that's had on her and her inability to to almost focus without him um, being around. And then last part with Antonio too is that scene where he leaves. They're in the street, hugs his wife, um, and then he just drives off. This marching band comes past and Sophia just stands there and the camera watches her as the car drives away. It's just heartbreaking to think that this scene is based on a real life story and, and based on the heartbreak that people go through um, in their lives. Cleo as well some scenes about her I mean Cleo this scene I mentioned before she tells um, Femin at the cinema that she's pregnant he's like I need to go to the toilet and he just never comes back and as an audience you know this is going to happen and the credits on the screen that uh, the cinema that she's in start to roll the people leave that camera doesn't move it just sits there and watches her and and your heart breaks for her knowing that he is not gonna come back. Um, there are there are a bunch of other shots too where they, they do this down the main street and the camera just tracks and follows everything that's going on, um, including this one with riot police in the streets. It's just so, so well done. And if you watch one of those behind the scenes docos, that they go into a bit of detail about how they recreated these whole scenes and you can see the cars doing laps around and around in circles to give this effect that it's on this really nice big long street. Um, Cleo, another scene, she gets on the bus to go see um, Furman again and that camera just stays there. The, the ground's muddy. It's just this out in the middle of nowhere place and just that idea of, is she going to find him? What's going to happen when she when she confronts him? And that leads to this martial arts master, um, Zovek, I think his name was, where he's trying to get everyone to do these martial arts sorts of things. And you've got this crowd of people watching as well as this big bunch of people actually doing the martial arts. And you know he's talking about you know, who wants to do this incredible feat, and, and he's standing there, puts a blindfold blindfold on and stands there on one leg and everyone's trying it. No one can do it. And just in that crowd, you can just subtly see that Cleo's able to do it. So this, this, uh, it's just a beautiful moment that you see this woman who is able to do things. She's, she's not just an ordinary person. She stands out of that crowd. Uh, and then we do see Femin again where he comes into that baby shop where Cleo's there and he points a gun at her. And this is, this, the next 10 minutes from here is heartbreaking um, and I'm including the delivery of the baby. I'm not going to go into detail of that scene but that scene is gut-wrenching and I well up a little bit thinking about that scene. No matter how many times I see that scene and I know it's coming, it really is quite upsetting. Um, and then as well, like you've got this scene where after Sophia's told the kids that Dad's not coming back and but we'll have some ice cream. and. They sit outside, have these ice creams in silence, and just in the background there's there's this wedding behind them, there's music, they're loud, and it's just such a beautiful contrast of them sitting there and eating silently. And I guess the last thing that I'll say is, there's a scene at the beach where where Cleo saves the kids from drowning, um, and then she breaks down about not wanting to have her own baby. And the, the emotion that you feel in this film, this, this tops it off um, right towards the end. There's not much that I didn't like about this one. Um, there's just one scene where where Cleo uh, has this has this um, affair with with Femin and there's just this scene where he's stark naked and just a little bit too much penis um, for me so we'll move on to some themes and some ideas about this one and there's so much of this talks about there's this idea of moving through space just with these unbroken shots and I mentioned right at the start that the camera work in this is incredible and these unbroken shots give this idea of people moving through space and you've got these different groups of people you've got the women who forge the life of so many people in this film um, whether they do that through their their maternal um instincts or whether they do that through their, their ability to be a servant or a maid and, and build those connections um and then men as well there's, there's no no real positive men in this film um they're all distant none of them are really good role models um, and Sophia even says to cleo women are always alone and and it shows the strength of these characters and what they're able to do um, the idea too of life you've got like I mentioned at the start you've got this water and water's seen throughout this film you've got you know drains with her cleaning the washing hanging up you've got the the tiles on the floor that you, you constantly see every time you have a shot of that garage and, and even Cleo stares at the sky before this fire starts when they're on this this vacation and then finally too you've got the end credits where the final shot is just looking up at the sky as Cleo walks up to her little little um, house and this is, this is life. Um, it also touched on empathy, feeling as an audience member, you are feeling the empathy of these characters. And in the background too, I'm not a big history buff on, on uh, Mexican history, but there's these wounds of, of Mexican society. You've got these, these middle classes fighting for democracy and marching. And these are, these are constantly in the background of this film um, as well. I think taking away from this one, I think that it definitely, like, I haven't seen this on the big screen in a cinema, but I think that this would be one that would definitely be worth watching. Um, at the cinema okay time to wrap this one up this is um the end of the, the show where we each usually give the film a rating out of five i've been here by myself but i know that uh, my co-host mj has seen this one but i'll give my comments and then we'll give a flicks forum average overall so this is uh i guess not only one of my favorite netflix films but one of those top films of all time i guess it's it's such a beautiful and resonating story the camera work, it's incredible. The performances are top notch for a cast of almost nobodies. And I dare you to not tear up at some stage in this film. I, I'm giving this film five out of five. This This—this film is perfect for me. Um, so not very often this happens on a, on a Netflix original film, but this is getting a, a top rating from me. I know MJ gave this uh, three and a half. So as a, a show, that'll give us an average of a 4.25, which is sitting very, very high on that scale. Um, we're on social media. We have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have Instagram. And we pop a question up for each episode. This week, I just wanna know where does Cleo, or what does she do with her life after this? Where does she go, what does she do? Um, hopefully something positive, and you know, if she's there to support those kids more, then that, that's a fantastic um, thing as well. But I wanna hear your thoughts, so please do subscribe to us, follow us, give us some response, that would be fantastic. And we'll be back again next week for our next episode and it is another 2018 film we're getting to the end of the 2018 films and next week we have the post-apocalyptic horror thriller bird box which is directed by suzanne beer it stars sandra bullock Travanti rhodes john malkovich danielle mcdonald and sarah paulson so i'm very excited to watch bird box i've had it sitting there we had started this show when this film came out and i go oh we'll get to that film eventually and and two and a half um years later we're we're almost there so very, very excited to watch Bird Box as well. I hope you've enjoyed listening along to me rant about Roma a little bit. Please do check the film out if you haven't, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening.